0: Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening.
1: And welcome to Rock Strikes! 10.
2: Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes, never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. Being subscribed there on iTunes definitely is the most convenient way to listen to the show. I got to go ahead and plug it once again. If you're not subscribed on the iTunes, please go ahead and do that now. And one of the big reasons to do it is... uh, iTunes only saves the most recent 100 episodes. Where This is episode 211 overall of Rock Strikes 10. So you only know, got pretty much like from episode 111 through this one once I post it. And after a couple of more episodes, one of the all-time crazy projects I ever did will be off of iTunes. So please, go subscribe there. And the, the project that uh, I'm referencing here is the Marathon 21 Shows in 21 Days that I did two years ago, and just go check it out. You'll, you'll see. There's a whole theme to it. It's really crazy, but I'm really proud of it, so if you're not subscribed already, please, please go do that. It's worth your time, and it's free. Come on. All right. Let's get to the show here. It's time for another episode of Rock and Rank. Yes, new music from 2016, Volume 2 of new music from 2016 using the borrowed with permission rock and roll geek scoring system and then i go ahead and do the points it all makes sense in the end solid bunch here tonight i think you're going to enjoy the show we got a little bit of everything here today starting off with the mighty cheap trick who is back with their 17th studio record when they say 17th studio record i'm like i think There's probably just as many comps and live albums as there are studio albums, but hey, you know, whatever. Cheap Trick, they're great. Speaking of Michael Butler, by the way, on the Rock and Roll Geek Show, go check out this podcast, Cheap Talk with Trick Chat. Michael Butler is on it from time to time, and he's on that latest episode where they go over the entire brand new Cheap Trick album with a fine-tooth comb, top to bottom, by the way, the new Cheap Trick album is called Bang Zoom Crazy Hello. I think it's a very solid effort by the band. Good enough to get 91 out of 100 points here on the Rock and Rank scoreboard. So yeah, I mean, what to play? Let's just go ahead. It's the first song on the show. Let's play the first song on that record. So kicking off this week's episode, this is Cheap Trick with Heart on the Line. Right, kicking off the show here this week, that was Cheap Trick with Heart on the Line from their brand new album, Bang Zoom Crazy Hello. And in addition to the rest of the band that wrote that song, that song was also co-written with Greg Jafria. For those of you longtime rock fans out there, you might recognize that name. He was only a member of Angel and also his own band Jafria later on. I haven't heard that name in years, so very cool, very cool. Alright, moving on here. Sticking with the Power Pop of sorts. band from California that I've been a fan of since their very first record. I think their first record came out in 2002. Something like that. Early 2000s. band called Rooney. And I truly believe this band should be a lot bigger than they are in reality. They're just really cool band. Their records are solid. You know, I hear a lot of new wave influences in addition to the Power Pop stuff. Uh, there's definitely some Weezer influence in there as well and i think maybe at at times maybe they sound a little too much like weezer and maybe that's why they never got completely over i don't know but they're they're not as derivative as people might think they are they're their own band and represent washed away i'm gonna play my current favorite song off of the record this one kind of has one of those modern yet retro kind of feels to it so here you go from washed away this is don't be a hero Rooney there with Don't Be a Hero. Not to be confused with Billy Don't Be a Hero from the 70s, right? Uh, but there you go. Off of their new record, Washed Away. Scored that one at 83 out of 100 points. I think that's pretty solid. I think anything 80 or over is definitely worth your time, of course. And I think I realized another reason why I like that song so much. Uh, one of the last few listens I had of that, I was like, that actually, maybe just a little bit in the chorus, but the overall beat and groove on it, Kind of reminds me of Leave Me Alone by Michael Jackson. So I don't think I'm crazy there. Go back and listen to it, especially on the course. And really reminds me of that a lot. And honestly, nothing wrong with that. That's one of his better songs, in my opinion. So, anyway, moving on here. Next band I'm going to talk about. This band's been around for about 20 years, if not just a little bit more. That's hard to fathom. It makes me feel super old, but. Going to play you something off the brand new Deftones record. And for those of you out there, maybe some of you groaned a little bit. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know what your taste is, but I got to say, I think uh, if you've never given the Deftones a proper chance, I think it's a band that's definitely worthy of your time. And when I talk about them, something I like to bring up is that I I feel like they're actually a a true original band. Uh, Also a true alternative. I like to use that term when it's apropos. But think about the Deftones, especially, like, you know, back when they first came out and after a few years when they started to, you know, sell a decent amount of records, it's one of those things where, you know, radio programmers and, and the press and all that, they, sometimes they like to lump bands in together with some kind of scene or something. Uh, but, and Deftones definitely got lumped in with that whole new metal thing. Of course, I'm using air quotes, but... Uh, You know, there was only a handful of actually truly great bands that came out of that genre. There's not a lot. But if the Deftones are going to be lumped in with that genre, then they're definitely head and shoulders above 99% of those acts. Because you talk about a band that took a bunch of different styles and really, I I believe that they actually kind of created their own genre. Because you really can't point to anything by anybody Unless it's a band that actually is influenced by them now, which I think there's probably at least a few out there that are making records, but when the Deftones were new, especially after their second and third records, they really did their own thing. They didn't seem to be copying a whole lot of other bands to create their sound. I feel like they really are a truly original band. You know, they they they're not they're not rapping. I mean, yeah, they have a DJ in their band that's been in their band, but the guy doesn't scratch. He like plays loops and, you know, these weird, like, you know, like atmospheric samples. So he doesn't even, he doesn't do what a DJ even does in a band normally. So, and I just think their records are cool. And, you know, the knock on them is that they're, they're not great live. And, you know, I've seen them a handful of times They're definitely 50, 50. It kind of depends on when you get them on the tour, I think. Uh, But uh, I'll get off that soapbox. But, you know, in the studio, man, I think they get it done. And this new album, Gore, is definitely on the side of albums by them that I would recommend. They're, they're kind of, they're like 60-40 on their records for me. This is definitely on the positive end here. So I definitely recommend Gore as a listen. Uh, so check it out. One of my favorite songs on the record right now. And something that they they haven't, I don't think they've really ever done much on a record. They double track Chino's vocal in the chorus. So it, it makes it really a different kind of sound for them so they're always trying different things and you got to give it up for a band that does that Uh, so here you go and (laughs) it's slightly annoying but it's kind of an unpronounceable song title so i'll do my best this is the deftones and el merle (laughs) yeah Brand new Deftones there for you, and Elmerl or La Merle I'm not sure. It's in the middle of the record. I think it's like track seven or something. If you if you have it in front of you there, if you get it, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But really cool record. It, it's interesting. The the middle section of the album is the stuff that didn't score as well, but the bread of the album, like the beginning and the end, those two acts, really really cool. And, and I think you should definitely check this record out. It scored an 86 out of 100. Definitely one worth picking up. All right. Here's a guy, I like the Deftones, that came to massive prominence in the 90s. And he has yet a new record out and uh, also a movie on the way. The Great Rob Zombie has a new record out. And uh, I have to hold the CD here in front of me just to get this right. The album is called The Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. Yes. All right. The song titles are almost just as impressive as that album title, let me tell you. So, uh, you know, I talk about if there's a a good deal out there for you. Uh, For those of you out there that like to purchase that physical product, and I am one of them as well, and I preach that. uh, Here's one, and not shilling for this company. They're not giving me any money, but I think this is a really good deal. You might have noticed if you've been out and about in the stores, uh, if you have a Target in your local area, Uh, They've been doing this thing with a few titles lately. They did it with the Megadeth album earlier this year, and I talked about this. But if you uh, purchase the Rob Zombie CD at your local Target store, there's a voucher inside that'll get you a free vinyl copy of this new Rob Zombie record. So definitely a nice bang for your buck there. And I'm I'm glad they did it, actually, because, you know, this album... uh, I actually, I do dig the new Rob Zombie, but I gotta tell you, it's a short-ass record. I think it's maybe just a little over half an hour. That's like EP length at this point, you know, and I guess, you know, I get it. I mean, a lot of bands, their albums are averaging about 45 minutes and under now, especially with vinyl being a big deal again, so I guess that's why they're doing it, but uh, once again, I think the Rob album could have been a bit longer, but hey you know if that's all the material he had then so be it a uh, very overall enjoyable record we got it here at 83 out of 100 on rock and rank i'm gonna play you my current favorite song off of it this is a good one turn it up uh, it's called medication software. for the melancholy uh,
0: basically unshareable with it. so i just uh, closed myself off and put on mask of no of was analysis, no analysis, no analysis. One, two, three, four.
2: You go a little Rob Zombie for you. That was medication for the melancholy off of his brand new record the electric wartlock acid witch satanic orgy celebration dispenser. Yes, and I had a great segue there and I totally blew it. I saw Rob Zombie and the Deftones on the same bill one time. They both played at Ozfest 99, which I like to reference as the last truly great Ozfest. That was a fun day of metal, let me tell you. So Rob was great that day. I think Rob Zombie was actually even better when I saw him about 10 years after that, probably around 2009 or 2010, something like that. I saw him on one of those, uh, you know, those monster energy drink tours or whatever that is. I, I think that's what it was. Mayhem. I think it was Mayhem. And Rob came out there and just destroyed every band that had played before him that day. And then the ones that followed him afterwards. That's a show you should go to. If you've never seen Rob Zombie live in the great tradition of Alice Cooper and Kiss, that guy puts on a hell of a show. Unforgettable. And, you know, he plays on these bills, these really terrible bands. I mean, you know, if you don't believe me, go look the, all that up. I mean, right now he's on tour Disturbed. You know, it's like he's killing them on a nightly basis. There's no way he's not. And just go see that guy any way you can. Leave er- You get to go home early, apparently, if you go see him this year. So, yeah. Rob Zombie Show is a great fucking time. Alright, speaking of, speaking of good times, Rob would love this segue, because I know Rob is a fan of this next band. And You Should Be Too, one of the great bands of all time, celebrating their 50th anniversary this year with a new record, new tour, new everything. They got tons of media coming out. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, I was hoping this was going to be good. I mean, you never know sometimes, but, uh, you know, 30 years ago, I was that kid, uh, watching MTV and Nickelodeon, like every waking minute I was in front of a television. So when the monkeys came back, I was instantly in love with the show. I mean, I love the show, love the music. And, uh, you know, how they were able to market a 60s group and 60s music to, you know, seven-year-old kid was pretty amazing that they pulled it off. But I, I I love everything about the Monkees, man. And I was happy they were putting a new record out. And when I found out all the ins and outs of the, what was going into the production, it made me even more excited. And I was just hoping I didn't have it built up too much to where it would let me down and this record did not let me down. Good Times by The Monkees is one of the best albums of the year right now. It's easily one of the most re-listenable albums of the year. Between me and my wife, man, we've been listening to this album a ton, and it's just, you know, we live in a, you know, we live in a real cynical age right now, and there's, A lot of bullshit going on this year in the news. I mean, you guys know what's going on. I don't have to talk about it. This is the perfect album for 2016, I gotta say, in the sense that you put this album on and if you allow yourself to just go on the journey and just get away from everything in this world, that's what great music can do for you if you really give into it. Uh, This album is just... A perfect, perfect pill to swallow in 2016. So I got to recommend heavily that you go get Good Times. And, you know, in like I said, anything over 80 is definitely worth checking out. I got this at 92 out of 100. Anything over 90 is law. So this album is law. You should go get it. If you've read any of the articles about this album, let's say you have it. Uh, it's it's just it's for old fans and new fans alike. If you've never bought one of their albums, or even a best of, this is still a good album to start on because, the you know the thing on the monkeys. Yeah, there was a lot of people that wrote songs for them. They also wrote their own songs too. But you know they had song doctors like a lot of other bands in the '60s and a lot of other singers, people with talent still use people with talent to write their songs. Nothing wrong with that. So all the people are back on this record: Neil Diamond, uh, Goffin and King and even Harry Nilsson uh, from The Grave. And I won't spoil anything, but uh, yeah, it was just great to hear a Harry track again. And in addition to all that, everybody in the band gets a vocal, and they even, you know, I guess put a call out to uh, some more quote-unquote modern acts that grew up on the Monkees that, uh, you know, hey, we want to write a song for us? I don't know how it really went, but let's just say that that's how it went down, and You get a lot of positive responses from a lot of heavy hitters. uh, People that, you know, you definitely know that the Monkees were an influence on them. People like Andy Partridge of XTC, Noel Gallagher, Paul Weller. Come on, man. These guys are absolute heavyweights and people that have written a song or 20 in their career. Some of the best songwriters of their generation. And they're contributing songs to this Monkees record, so... It's all good and going to play you this one here and what to play, but I got to say there's a lot of variety and style on this album and so just top to bottom it, man. I'm going to go ahead and go with the single because let's say you haven't heard it. Maybe this is not the demographic I'm thinking of here with Rock Strikes 10, so maybe you've heard nothing. Who knows? So I'm just going to go with the lead single here and I dig this song. This song hasn't left my head since its debut on YouTube and it was written by rivers cuomo so what else do you need from me nothing so here you go this is the monkeys with she makes me laugh
3: i'm so glad that i got her to think of she's fine as any valentine i think about her all the time cross my heart and hope to die she sends me silly messages Traffic in the mall are buzzing with some brand new shoes. She never fails to surprise.
2: Just the absolute epitome of what perfect pop rock is right there. That's back when pop used to actually mean something. So there you go. She Makes Me Laugh by The Monkees, written by Rivers Cuomo, and lead vocals by one of the greatest lead vocalists of all time, in my opinion, the great Mickey Dolenz there. Oh, just knock me out. So happy that The Monkees are back, and they put out one of the best albums and, and you know that they've ever done so how cool is that this is gonna be kind of a twofer in a sense because that song was written by rivers cuomo like i said and now i'm gonna play you something off the brand new weezer album and uh let's go into a different kind of commentary here because you know i'm gonna get in my soapbox a little bit here there's a lot of critics and you know your your um uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, pitchforks of the world and just, just hipsters and internet critics and armchair quarterbacks and all that stuff. And they love to knock Weezer, man. They freaking love knocking on Weezer. You know why? Because in their opinion, Weezer only did two good records, those first two records, and they never did anything great after that. And they, they But you know what? You know what's funny is that they probably don't even listen to those records, so fuck them. And hey... I'm not bagging on the first two records. Those records are great. They're damn near perfect. But I gotta say, they've been doing some other really great stuff since then. And, you know, hey, maybe they're not all top-to-bottom classics. But the overall majority of material and every one of their records is better than it's bad. And I just think that they get, they get hammered so badly by these assholes. And the whole point of the music that a band like Weezer makes is just like... Dude, this is just power pop with a little bit of, you know, grungy alternative. And it's like they just can't handle the fact that they write, for the most part, happy music. Even if they're bummed out, their music is usually pretty happy sounding. And I I just think that maybe that's a lot of it. Like, you know, they should be more bummed out and shoegazy or whatever. But, you know, fuck all that. These guys write amazing pop music. And they've got great riffs on top of that. So I think Weezer is one of the great bands of all time. There, I said it. That all being said, uh, they, they like to do that thing where they put out self-titled albums and they put a, a color base around it. So yeah, first record, the blue album. Later on you had the green album and the red album. This year, it's the white album. Yeah, I know. Like, they're not going to get trashed enough for having a quote-unquote white album. But... I got to say, this is going to go down as one of the great albums of 2016, if not the whole decade. This is just a, you know, for those of you out there, you need, you need a, uh, in addition to the Monkees album, if you need another perfect summer record, it is this freaking new Weezer album. It is awesome. Uh, you know, Rivers does get compared to Brian Wilson quite a bit because he had a little bit of a freak out, uh, you know, about 20 years ago. Around that Pinkerton era, and but the guy, man, he's in a good place now. He's got the whole family thing going on, uh, but it, how he was able to channel and and by a, a very crazy method, I will say. Uh, uh, go read up some of the articles on how he wrote this album. It's really fascinating to me. But he he managed to capture youth, even when he's not you know part of the youth anymore. Uh, it's just, it's a triumph, this album. He was able to find his inner Brian Wilson and really have it come together with his band. I mean, it's just a perfect marriage now. This album is so good. 95 out of a hundred. What do you think of that? That's what I scored it at. It's one of those albums you should listen to all the way through with no interruptions. Uh, just a a great start and and a perfect finish. I can never get that last song out of my head. It's so basic But it's just genius at the same time. Because it sticks in your head. That's what any good pop music should do. Uh, I'm going to play you my current favorite overall song on the album. And it's also, I'd say at this point, uh, one of the worst song titles attached to a great song. So if I had to make a list of that, this would be up there. Maybe a future episode. Let me know what you think. But until then, this is Weezer with... Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory. how you do it there summer elaine and drunk dory like i said terrible title but damned if you're not singing it by the end of the song go pick up the Y down by weezer it's definitely worth your time definitely i don't see a reason why it's not going to wind up like in the top five of the year i'd be surprised if it didn't 95 out of 100 strong ranking there damn near perfect record all right moving on here another perennial favorite of rock strikes 10 of course, is the man Tom Petty. He's uh, back, uh, you know, uh, in a way. There's a new Mud Crutch record out. For those of you who don't know, Mud Crutch was actually the first band that that Tom Petty put together that was uh, any kind of serious contender here. And there's definitely a couple of heartbreakers in the band with him as well, in addition to Tom Petty, of course, playing bass for the band when he's in it. You also got the great Bent Montenge there and Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers. Ah, Mike Campbell... One of the more underrated guitar players in the whole world. That guy doesn't get nearly enough credit, but the great Mike Campbell. And a couple other guys there The from Florida. Tom Leiden on guitars. And also this guy Randall Marsh on drums. And definitely Randall Marsh. I bring him up because uh, I think my favorite song on this new Mudcrutch record is this song Beautiful World that was just solely written by Randall. And he also sings the lead vocal on it. So, yeah. I like that. And the the drummer from Mudcrutch, who was not on my radar at all, puts down the best song on the record, even over Tom Petty. And I hate to say that because Tom Petty is a genius in my book. Uh, The the Mudcrutch record overall, I like it all right. It's definitely, you know, I go into Tom Petty stuff, you know, usually with massive high hopes. And more often than not, he doesn't let me down. But I I understand that Mudcrutch is a different entity, and I should treat it as such. It's hard to do that. Uh, but maybe I should, I don't know. But I got an 82 out of 100. That's pretty respectable. Uh, if you're into the more laid-back aspects of Petty, then you definitely will like it more so. And There's nothing really heavy about it. Or even like, you know, what, what Tom's been doing the last few records where he's uh, really throwing down some heavy blues and also, you know, a lot of social commentary. But this one's definitely more of a throwback record. And the other reason I like this song so much is that this guy over here randall marsh i think was able to capture really the early aspects of what tom petty and the heartbreakers were this sounds like it could have come off one of their you know first three records so let me know what you think like i said with randall marsh on lead vocals you'll hear tom on the track of course he he does some background vocals there so he's easily in the mix but this is mud crutch with beautiful world Mudcrutch there with Beautiful World, my favorite song on Mudcrutch 2. Yes, they're going with the Chicago route here, so we'll see if the next one's called 3, but for now, it's Mudcrutch 2. Alright, speaking of 2, off of the album, Hit and Run Phase 2, which uh, will now go down in history as the last intended release by the late Great Prince. Let's just get to the song and I'll talk a little more after that. So another great standout song off of this record is called Rock and Roll Love Affair. So check it out. Turn it up for the man.
3: He believed in fairy tales and princes. He believed the voices coming from his stereo. He believed in rock and roll. She left her past and those lily white fences and headed out to Hollywood in search of her soul. But she had to pay the toll. Yes, she did. They were bound to find each other He needed proof, she needed a brother That's when stars collide When there's space for what you want And your heart is open wide Wait a minute He gave up women for the stripes of the road the meaning of grace That's when his cup overflowed And she said Hello. He said my faith keep me from willing But you know that I'm able If there's some room I'd like to sit at your table She said it's, it's tight I think I can fit you in This kind of love Don't come from a prayer Ain't talking rebound, born of despair. Yellow sun rising on their bodies in bed. Two people in love with nothing but the road ahead. Oh yeah. and princes he believed
2: Rock and roll love affair off of his last release in his lifetime hit and run phase two if you haven't heard my four-part tribute to prince i i must heavily recommend it i didn't hype it at all online because i didn't want to i felt like it would be tacky because there's a lot of other people doing stuff to get themselves over as it related to prince but I, i take prince very personally i'm a lifelong fan i never fell off I know I've said that a lot. I've been tooting my own horn a lot about it on the air, but I haven't been saying it much online at all, if any. Uh, But hit run phase two, an amazing note to go out on. I think a lot of you out there would be really surprised of how great uh, of a run he was on just over the last 10 years. Pretty amazing. And those records should be listened to. That phase two, man, blew away phase one. I mean, phase one was good and everything. It was all right. But phase 2 is excellent. So, 91 out of 100, you can actually even find it in stores. Wow. You think the stores would have carried that otherwise? Because, you know, I remember having to get mail order for Phase 1. All of a sudden, Phase 2, you can get it in stores. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, all right. But totally worth your time. Go pick it up. And please go listen to those specials if you haven't already. I even... I had some people that, that never even listened to this show. That actually got back to me and said they loved them. You will hear songs you've never heard before. I guarantee it. Let me know what you think out there. Send me some emails. Send me some PMs. Let me know that you're listening out there. Here's another guy, man. We're going to stay on the soul kick a little bit here. This freaking guy. Charles Bradley. Now... I just happened upon Charles Bradley when he put a second record out, Victim of Love. Man, like, as soon as I listened, it Love at First Listen, I, I I didn't know he even existed until that second record came out. And I remember getting it, and I remember playing it on the year-end show a couple of years ago, and it was a top-five release. It had only been out a few weeks, or I had only been listening to it for a few weeks, and I remember it, I think it cracked the top-five of the year. It was that good. Those of you out there, if, if you love old soul and R&B and you see what Daptone Records is doing, like with Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, if you love that stuff, you love the real stuff, the, the great, authentic, throwback soul, the way it ought to be. No auto-tune, no bullshit, real musicians, real singers. Charles Bradley is the real deal. should go look up the documentary about him. I think it's called Voice of America or something like that or... Anyway, just type in Charles Bradley, I think, on your Netflix search. It should pop up. I think it's still up there. Man, you got to check out this guy's life. So a few years ago, during Record Store Day, they put out a Charles Bradley 45, and I didn't even know it came out. And It was like just sold out everywhere by the time I was even made aware of it, going for crazy amounts of money online, because that's what people do. They gouge vinyl online, because they don't give a shit. They're not in it for the art. They don't love music if they're doing that anyway, but he did this cover song and, man, I know a few of you have heard it out there. We've chatted about it. I know, I know you guys out there, but if you haven't heard this yet, I think I'm just going to play it cold because it might take you to the chorus to get it. But once you do, you're going to be like, oh man, it's one of those covers where it's you almost like psych yourself out and going, wait, was the version that I know, was that a cover song all these years? Because this sounds like it came straight out of the 60s on Stax Records, just like all of Charles Bradley's music. So check this out. This is one of the greatest songs of all time covered by Charles Bradley, even though it sounds like something he wrote now when he sings it, you know, like when those guys do it, like when, when Johnny Cash sang Hurt. I think this is on par with that. What do you think of that? I'm building it up, but I think it's going to deliver. So here you go. I'm not going to tell you the title. You're going to know it but we'll come in afterwards and I'll talk about it a little bit more so take it away Mr. Charles Bradley think i might just have to delegate that now to top 10 cover songs of all time that was the black sabbath song changes covered there amazingly by charles bradley off of his new record of the same name called changes go pick that one up i got it at 90 out of 100 so go get anything charles bradley's got three records out you should own them all and if you see anything with adaptone's record label on it you have to buy it. It's law. This is best label going right now, especially for R&B and soul. Gosh. It, I, I know that they filmed like a, a like kind of the showcase where they all played uh, somewhere in New York. I think it was the beacon and that's going to be coming out soon. Man, it's going to be adapt tones record showcase coming out. Can't wait to see that. I, I really just wish they would all tour on the same bill so I could go see them all at the same time. Cause I saw, Sharon Jones, a few weeks ago, opening up for Hollow Notes. She was amazing. She just destroyed it. So, yeah, if, if that if that tour is coming to your town, that Hollow Notes, like Hollow Notes, Sharon Jones, and Trombone Shorty, that's a fun night out, let me tell you. Go see that show. And uh hope Charles Bradley comes to town soon so I can go see him. Damn, man. He's got to be amazing on stage. The way what he puts into his songs, you know, yeah. All right. So, moving on here. Uh, different kind of emotion we're going to close out the show with here. And I could take a lot of heat for this, maybe, but uh, this is a band that really just came out of nowhere. And the great Randy Brown of the Synaptic Radio podcast, which I happen to produce, but it's a great show. That being said, it's a true alternative there, Randy Brown. He played this band on his show last year, maybe a year and a half ago. And when I first heard him, I was like, wow, now that band... It really popped up on my radar because I was like, man, it's hard. to. If I dig it and it's hard to describe, like I have to throw like maybe five or six bands in the mix to just really get to what this band sounds like. And to me, that's a sign of, you know, being a true alternative. And I like that some of the bands that I might use to describe this band are kind of all over the place. So, I was talking about the Deftones earlier. There's definitely a little bit of Deftones going on here, but there's also a lot of, like, alternative stuff, like Jesus and Mary Chain, and also Hum. If you're a fan of that band, that band's amazing. And even on this album, maybe a little bit of Weezer going on on this new album. So, of course, you hear a comparison like that, it's like, well, of course Joey's going to like it, but am I going to like it? Well, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to like this or not, but... Uh, It's one of those things, I I saw that they were putting a new record out, and I really just bought it cold. I I, I didn't hear anything off of it in advance, so I didn't know if I was going to like it like I liked the first album. Uh, But this band, they're called Nothing. Yeah, that's the name of the band, Nothing. And they have a new album out called Tired of Tomorrow on Relapse Records, by the way. Relapse, man, what are you guys doing? You got Nothing, and you got The Great Pinkish Black. Uh, relapse is a label to for me. I got to keep my eye on them now because, you know, I, I like some bands on Relapse, but they've, they're have they on a roll right now. So pick up, Tired of Tomorrow by Nothing. And it just it blew me away. First listen, top to bottom. I went back and listened to it again. And then I listened to it again. And then I really was trying to be critical when I listened to it a fourth, fifth, and sixth time. Couldn't find anything wrong with it. Yeah, so, you know, you guys are probably going to... I might get trashed for this later on at the end of the year. Uh But 10 out of 10, 100 points. It's a perfect album in my book. And, you know, just by the science of it all, the best album of the year so far. And it, it can't really go down at this point. I mean, it, it could tie at this point, but it is the album of the year. So I have to heavily, heavily recommend this record. Cool thing is, man, you know, if you guys, if you're into the vinyl out there, you buy the vinyl, you get a download code, they take care of you, the whole thing, and just just any way you can listen to this album, go check them out on Facebook, they're, they're cool about like, hey, listen to us on Spotify, listen to us on this or that, preview it if you want, just prove me wrong, I mean, you know, you may not love the whole album, but just uh, anybody that's into it's just sonically it's amazing just it just hit me in the right mood maybe it's just the time for this album and i need something like this in my life but man you know as as even as melancholy and shoegazy and depressing as it can be it can also be really beautiful so uh, here's an example of that and i'll come back and talk a little bit more and then we'll get the hell out of here but until then this is nothing with 1990 heaven There you go. Closing off this week's show, the band that has the best album of the year in my book, Nothing, from the album Tired of Tomorrow, that was 1990 Heaven. That's like in the middle of the album, and the album really builds up to that beautiful ballad. And, you know, I even hear stuff like, you know, what Devin Townsend's been doing lately. I hear a little Alan Parsons project in there, too. So uh, they just really have their own thing going on, even if it's like a hybrid of influences. But. Man, and they're coming to town soon. I really should go see them because I feel like maybe they're going to be the next big thing. So maybe I should go see them playing a shithole before they blow up too much. But uh, so I, I might be like that fucking fanboy. I'm, I'm probably going to show up with the record, be like, "Can you sign this?" Because damn it, this this record right here. So yeah, go check out the record. Let me know what you think. So we're gonna get out of here. Got some upcoming shows here. Uh you know, I think Bowie Part 2 is going to come out for the year. That's been in the can for a while. I think it's time for another Bowie special this year. Myself and Logan, it was a lot of fun doing it. Very cathartic, much like the print specials. So I think I'm going to put that one out next. And I also got a, a new show lined up that's actually not going to be on the Rock Strikes 10 feed. But once it happens, I'll let you know. I don't want to say anything just yet. I'll keep you updated. Just stay tuned. cnjradio.com. Of course the links to the twitter the facebook all that good stuff uh if you're definitely if you're following me on facebook i'll make sure i update uh with all that kind of info and twitter i promise a little more twitter now and then i'm terrible at that i'm just awful but yeah uh and last but not least before we get out of here extra special thanks to pete and the guys from space beard for the awesome outro we play it every show we love it and we're always going to play it we i'm always going to play it <laughs> Until then, I'll see you guys on the next one. Have fun.